I'm going to read from the message translation and um, it says Psalm 63 verse uh, 1 through 8. It's very paraphrased so you're not going to find it in your word quite like this. But it says, God, you are my God and I can't get enough of you. I've worked up so much hunger and thirst for God traveling across dry and weary deserts. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes wide open, uh, drinking in your strength and your glory. Isn't that what we were doing today as we were worshiping? We're just drinking in his strength and his glory. In your generous love, God's love is so generous. I'm really living at last. How many feel like you're living when you're in the presence of God? When you get, you know, like the days can get weary and draining and just even being around those that maybe that don't believe like you. Sometimes it could just be where are the situations or the circumstances. But man, when you can just get into that place to drink from him, it seems like all the weariness begins to go away. And he says, uh, I'm living at last. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise. Can we just wave our arms like banners of praise? Isn't that beautiful? It's so beautiful in here. It's so beautiful. It's a, it, this is a multicultural banner. Amen. I'm looking out here, man. It's a beautiful sight. Woo, glory. And I hold on to you now. Now hold on to him. Come on. Because something's coming. Something's coming. But he's saying, hold on. I hold on to you in the midst of the storms. I hold on to you for dear life. And you hold on to me as steady as a pole. So, Father, thank you for your word today. Let it translate to the hearts of your people in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap. And turn to your neighbor and say, pursue God and love people. Amen. Look at somebody else that pursue God and love people. God is so good to us, isn't he? He is so amazing. He's so good to us. Well, I'm not going to keep you long today. I actually have a shorter message, I feel like, though. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> Let's give our worship team a big hand clap. I feel like we have a... Um, God is amazing. Today's my daughter's birthday, by the way. So if you see her, Shayel's nine years old, and uh, she's such a joy. She's been to Israel, to Egypt, to Germany, to Austria, and to Mexico with us. And so she's definitely traveled more than any of our other kids. And so we'll have a chance to go to Mexico this year with our whole family. But uh, God is uh, amazing. Um, So as I was thinking about this, uh, you know, you're going to have to go back to our podcast. Big up to Paul and the whole team for putting together these podcasts for us. They're all we're also on Google Play now. So we you know, we for your Android people, we got you. And so um, so you can also go to uh, I get where do they go? Google Play? Yeah, go to Google Play and uh, look for Relentless Church. Is that what they're looking for? Relentless Church, and you'll see our logo. And then you can go ahead and uh, download the messages from the last couple weeks. Um, And we've been talking about prayer evangelism. What is prayer evangelism? In a nutshell, it is uh, talking to God about your neighbors before you talk to your neighbors about God. It's about a blessing. It's about speaking peace. It's about, uh, you know, um, uh, I don't want to preach a whole nother message, but uh, and we see a a contrast from Luke 1 to 9. Then we see in in chapter 11 and and verse 1 to 9, basically, Jesus is like, how long am I going to put up with you guys? And in verse 11, he's like, "Woo, this is amazing. This brings me so much joy. And what happens is in chapter 10, he actually releases uh, 35 teams, uh, about 70 to 72 people out into uh, the cities and the towns. And he gives them this instruction to bless, to speak peace. And then he says to fellowship, to to sit at the table, eat their food, eat whatever's put before you. And then he says uh, to meet the need by healing the sick. 
that, you know, and, and that could be in many different realms. And then he says, and then proclaim the gospel. And so we describe prayer evangelism as not proclaiming the gospel first, but actually speaking peace, whether they know it or not, over your neighbors, over your business, over your, you know, whatever your sphere of influence is. And then only then after the blessing, the peace, they'll feel it. They'll know it. Something is different. They're, they'll, they'll be drawn to you. And then you can begin to fellowship and meet the needs. And then once I'm telling you, when people see God's power in action, when someone comes to you and they say, you know, like I'm dealing with this struggle, I'm dealing with this pain. And you say, Hey, I, let me pray for you. And they'd be like, well, I don't really believe in prayer. You say, that doesn't matter. I believe in it. Hello. And then you're able just to pray for them. You had to pray long prayers. And somebody said, well, I don't want to pray because maybe, you know, it won't come to pass. It's not your job for it to come to pass. Don't worry about it. All you got. And I, I just found out in my own life, I've seen it over and over again. To, and I'm a, I'm a believer. There's something about praying for those that don't know God, praying for those that are far away from God, praying for those who are kind of on the fence, praying for those who have run away from the Lord, that God just loves to show off and show his glory. I remember we were at a house one time and. I was upstairs worshiping the Lord or actually I was sleeping. Let me stop lying. So I was lying and <laughs> I thought about it for a second. And, uh, and we were actually in Germany and I remember them calling me and said, Malik, come downstairs, come downstairs. And so I came downstairs, you know, just, you know, kind of just wiping the cold out of my eye. See who is this page of me and why it's my man pop from the barbershop. All right. Sorry. The prophet Biggie Smalls came out. All right. So and so as uh, so I came downstairs and there was um, uh, uh, this young lady and this young lady was uh, they were like, Malik, we want you to pray for her because she's had stomach aches ever since she was a certain age for eight years or something like that. I said, well, it sounds like a biblical story, you know. And so uh, and so I asked her and she said the doctors don't know what it is and they've done tests and all this stuff. And so I said, well, we, we, we're just going to pray for you. And I said, God loves you and he just wants to reveal his love to you. That's all I said to her. And this is just a key for you. If somebody asks you for prayer or there's a need, you don't have to be deep. You don't have to pull out your whole Bible and read them the whole book of Romans. All right. Uh, all you have to do is make, make sure you read before you come. Right. And <laughs> make sure you have some encounter before you come. And then I was just and it was very simple. I never forget. It. I said, Lord, you love her. You care for her. And I just declare healing over her body, something in that in that way. And I said, in Jesus name. And all of a sudden, this unchurched person who, who has never experienced God did what I see many people who are in church do. She goes, oh, oh, oh. Remember that? She said, oh, oh, oh. And I said, oh, you know, I felt like I was in Benny Hinn's conference. I said, oh, oh well, can you please tell us what's happening? You know, and um, and the lady, she, the, the young girl, she said, you know, I felt like a, 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 like a liquid hand reached down inside of my stomach and took out whatever that was, was, was inside of it. And, and, and I said, wow. And I said, well, because you have seen how much God loves you, would you like to give your life to him? And she said, definitely. Amen. And her and her boyfriend right there gave their life to the Lord. The next day they came and got filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, praise the Lord. So when we meet people where they are and we meet the need, we heal the sick, I'm telling you, there's no denying when God pops a bone back in place or takes a sickness out. There's no denying when God restores a marriage or, or cancels a debt. There's no uh, denying the fact that our God is powerful. Amen. And he said to Philip, because Philip was struggling and Philip was like, uh, uh, well, you know, because Jesus said, when you see me, you see the father. And, and then, and well, he said, uh, and then Philip said, well, show us the father. We want to see the father. And, and Jesus says, well, haven't I been with you long enough to know that you know like hey don't you believe the words that I speak and he said if you don't believe the words that I speak at least believe the miracles that I do 
And isn't that what he said to John the Baptist when John the Baptist was in prison? The same John the Baptist that was, this is not even my message, so it must be God, I hope. And, and the, John the Baptist was the same one who baptized Jesus and said, you know, and, and saw the, you know, and, and recognized that this was the son of God and all that kind of stuff. And now he's in prison about to get his head cut off. And he says, is he the one? And then what did Jesus say? Jesus is saying, come on, man. Like, come on. Like, get it together. Have faith. Believe. He said, uh, tell them that you see the blind are seeing, right? That the, the lame are walking, that the deaf are hearing. Believe because of the miracle's sake alone. How many need a miracle here today? I believe that God is a miracle worker. Amen. And we have, and I, oh, this is breaking news just for you, Dr. Uh, Dr. White. This is breaking news for you. So we are privileged. I think it's going to be in July. We're going to have a we're going to have a much more weekend with Melody Hilton. That's Apostle Melody Hilton, who is an Apostolic Regional Director of CI. She was here last year. She's coming again to teach leadership principles. You don't want to miss it. But we just uh, working it out right now. We're going to just finalize the dates, but we're going to have a much more healing weekend with Joan Hunter. And if you don't know who Joan Hunter is, she is a power packed woman of God. Her mom and dad were Charles and Francis Hunter, and they the happy hunters and they had tents and they went out and they saw crazy, crazy miracles, bones popping in place, legs growing out, arm limbs growing out where there was no limbs, you name it, they saw it. And so the daughter who is run uh, with this message and with the same ministry is going to be coming and it's going to be amazing. Somebody say praise the Lord. Okay. So let me get back into my message. So I want to say this, that we at Relentless, and this is kind of like, I would say, even like a core value type of message along with this prayer, prayer evangelism, because it's really near and dear to my heart. We're called to lead people into an encounter with God, to experience his love and help them find their purpose for life. If you come here, that's what you're going to experience. That's what we want you to experience. We want you to encounter God. We want you to know that you're loved, and we want you to hurry up and find your purpose so you can make, uh, you know, make war on the devil, whatever you want to say, and do whatever God wants you to do. Not in the church. I'm glad if you serve, but we, we rather you serve your community and your, and your jobs and the people around you. And so we simplified this by saying we pursue God and we love people. And this is what we, we are called to be as a church. These are, it's like a pillar statement. And I don't know if we have the picture there, but relentless. So one pillar is pursue God and the other pillar is to love people. And in these two statements, we embody everything I believe that we do here at Relentless. So what does it mean to pursue God? And now I believe as the, as the vision grows and as God gives us more insight, I believe that God will, will, will move things and will, will, will elaborate. But I feel like right now the simplicity of what we do is pursue God and love people. And, and what does it mean? Because sometimes even me, I had to ask myself, well, what does that mean? Like I, I understood what it meant when God first spoke it to me. But after two years, I'm like, God, what does that mean? Say it to me again so I can understand it. And the simplest way is that we follow after the one who has called us. How many know God's called you? If you're a believer, even if you're here, you got called, trust me. And and after encountering him and his love, we pour out this unconditional love to those that are around us. So we, we are running, we're chasing after God, we're grabbing a hold of him and his promises and everything that he said to us, but it's not just for us. It's so that we can go out and we can reach those that are around us. Somebody say amen. And so the first thing I want to talk about today is about pursuing God. We kind of already did it, so I can kind of skip through this really fast, I think. What does it mean to pursue God? Um, First thing is that we need to know that God pursues us. Psalms 23 verse 6 says this, surely his goodness and his mercy does what? Follows me all the days of my life. 
And without going into all the Hebrew and stuff, the word follow could be more accurately interpreted as hunting or pursuing. God is a hunter. Amen. God is a pursuer. Somebody say praise the Lord for that. Some of y'all didn't want to be pursued, but he kept pursuing you. Come on, look at your husband and say, I'm so glad you pursued me, baby, because I really didn't want you when I first met you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, 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 hey, guys, they know they lying. They was all after us, and we, we was like, hey, can you just chill out? I'm a Christian. <laughs> because of his unrelenting pursuit of us, we pursue him. And that's why we say here at Relentless, God is relentless, so we are relentless. Psalm 63, we read that. It says, you know, I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such a hunger and thirst. Here I am in the place of worship, eyes open. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you. This is a sound of someone who is in hot pursuit of God because God has pursued us. And so when we say we pursue God, we need to make this relationship personal. That's what I'm saying. It's not just O'Shea pursuing God. It's not just my mama pursuing God. And then I get the benefits of that. How many know you can get the benefits from those who are in your life that pursue God? Amen. How many know you only here because somebody prayed for you? Hello? Somebody prayed for you. Somebody prayed you into the kingdom. But to pursue God means we have to make it personal. Brands, uh, you know, like music or, or clothing and all these things, they're, uh, they're taking personal personalization to another level. They realize that a company can realize that they can elevate their customer loyalty and engagement by making it personal. They also use the customer base, right, uh, as an engine of advocacy. And so when you make uh, God personal, you become more dedicated and involved in a relationship with him. When you you make it personal, when you say, God, you are my God, you begin to become more involved. You begin to become more determined. You become more dedicated. How many want to be more dedicated to the things of God. I love what, what Andrea said. She said, she said, God said, don't cheat me. How many of you know that's a personal word? It's one thing when you read it from the scriptures, another thing when the scripture starts to read you. Many times we, we think that we're reading the Bible, but a lot of times the Bible begins to read us. The Bible begins to reveal to us where we are and it begins to call us out. Aren't you glad for people in your life that can call you out? Aren't you glad for mothers and fathers or for sisters and brothers or husbands and wives, praise the Lord, that can say that, that, right there. Some of y'all say, uh, leave me alone. And so when we make it personal, we also become the greatest billboard for God to advertise through. So let's make it personal. You would never pursue something that you don't desire for yourself. So again, he can't be your mama's God. He can't be your granddaddy's God. He has to become yours. And there needs to be a hunger and a thirst for God because nothing else satisfies. Somebody say nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else. I remember when I was just coming into the things of God and, 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 and God would teach me a lot because sometimes I would put the music on really loud and I'd be worshiping in the room and tears would be flooding down my eyes. And, and then he said, turn off the music. And I said, well, I don't want to turn off this. I'm crying. I'm feeling good. And, he, and I feel like God thundering in my heart, turn off the music because it's only me that satisfies. 
And for a season, God will cause you to shut yourself away for a season. I remember uh, we were going through a season uh, uh, living uh, on a missionary campground, traveling the nations, and, and we didn't have uh, oh, um, we didn't have an extra car and all these things. And my wife really didn't have too many friends and, and all these things were going on, not because she wasn't friendly, just because she had no access. But guess what? In those moments, God said, I'm all you need. And that's why today, you know, people get upset because they're like, oh, well, I just want to be friends with you. Not that she's not doesn't want to be friends. But the truth is, is that she has come to a place where all she needs is God. She's satisfied. He alone satisfies. That doesn't mean that we don't need people now. But it means that God will bring you to a place to say, am I all you need? Is he all you need? Is his word enough? Is his presence enough? It's a good question to ask. And he says, so here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and your glory. So why do we pursue God? Well, I think the number one reason, especially to link up with what I feel like our church is called to be and do is so that we can encounter. Somebody say encounter. I'm telling you, once a person has encountered God, it's a game changer. I'm not talking about a mental ascent. I'm not talking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, knowing lots of scriptures. I was riding the Greyhound one day, and, and we was on, on the Greyhound. And, man, let me tell you, this guy, uh, I don't I actually, I think he might have just got out of prison. And he was cussing up a storm, and, and we were sitting right across from him. And, I mean, he was going for it. And then it got quiet. And then me and my friend, we started to discuss a certain scripture. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy who was cussing and, and hooting and hollering. And now he's going to give us 20,000 Bible verses. And our jaws dropped down to the floor. We said, oh, my God, this guy knows the word. But how many know that doesn't impress God? Because a life that has encountered God, there's a heart transformation that begins to happen. There's something that begins to happen on the outside that is seen, uh, inside that is seen on the outside. And so I'm talking about experiencing a touch from heaven. How many want that experience or touch from heaven? I believe that one of the greatest places that we can encounter this is in his word, it's in prayer, it's in worship, and it's through his people. It's a place of awakening. God wants to encounter you. How many felt like God was encountering you today in this service? I felt like God was encountering me. There was one part, I think, was in the beginning when O'Shea began to sing, and it was just like something in me broke and said, man, God, when you walk into the room, everything changes. Everything begins to turn around. How many need some things to turn around in your life? Maybe you need to just ask God to come into the room. Maybe you've been trying to figure it all out on your own and your own strength, your own power. And God is saying, if you just invite me in, I'll take over. Why am I whispering? I don't know. <laughs> it's like a pure pin drop in here. You guys okay? You guys listening? So one thing that happens uh, so we encounter God, and this is why, why we pursue him is for encounter and what happens in the encounter. And this is the two things that I felt like God wanted to just to, uh, uh, not say unpack, but I'm going to read two scriptures here. The first thing is that when we encounter God, we begin to experience his love. Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 19 in, in the Passion Translation says, So I kneel humbly in awe before of 
the father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil. That means God wants to reveal something to you. What the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. How many want that in your life? I don't know about you, but I want this explosive power. I want this supernatural uh, strength that floods my innermost power. And then it says, then by constantly using your faith, thank you, doctor, for that and telling us that we need to use our faith. Amen. The life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. How many want the life of Christ to be released in you? And it says, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. So all this is getting us to a place of encounter where the resting place, where the deep, the depths of who we are will be his love. Somebody say the love of God. This is the Passion Translation. And it says, then, somebody say then. So when the, when it, the resting place of his love, it becomes the very source and root of our life. Then we will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing. So we went from uh, uh, the resting place of love to this astonishing love of Christ in all of its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. Another translation says that we would know the heights and the depths and the breadth of his love. How enduring and how inclusive. Come on, this love isn't exclusive. Hey, listen, me and my wife, we, we, we exclusive. Ain't nobody else getting in this thing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and all the husbands say amen. <laughs> That's right. By faith, son. By faith. <laughs> but his love is inclusive. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. How many know that sounds like an encounter? It sounds like something that you have to encounter, not something that you just know up here. Oh, God loves me, but do you know God loves you? Do you just know he loves you or do you know? Are you intimate with him to the place where you know God will protect me? God will take care of me. His love will surround me like a shield. It's more than just head knowledge. It's more than just telling people, oh, God loves you. You could tell anybody God loves them. And it could just be another religious word. But when you know he loves you, then you will be able. uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Thank you, sister. I'll give you that $20 later. Oh, it worked today. I haven't said that joke in a while, so it's good. (laughs) So when we encounter God, we start to experience his love. What can separate you from the love of God? Nothing. Neither height, nor death, nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. When you start to encounter the love of God, it's a game changer. Your whole life is changed because you're no longer trying to please people because you know you're already pleasing to him. That doesn't mean that you don't live a life worthy of the kingdom and his glory, but it means that you know that when you mess up, he's not trying to throw a hammer down at you like Thor or something. (laughs) But he's looking at you and saying, Connie, that's just not who you are. You're my daughter. Try it out with your kids. I say it all the time. If your kid messes up, now listen, I'm not saying don't spank and all those things when they're appropriate, but I mean, no, sometimes we do that way too much and we don't do it 
Just simple things like, that's not who you are. You're my, you're my son. You're my daughter. You're my wife. You ain't supposed to be doing that. No, plan. <laughs> it might not work so well with the wife, but try it with the kids first. <laughs> Say, Lord, I want to experience your love. Come on, I want to encounter your love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We want to know this love. More than head knowledge. Number two, and this is, I believe, is equally important. Not only do you need to know and experience his love, but you also, when you encounter God, you begin to find your identity. Begin to know who you are. How many know I'm not you and you're not me? How many know that if I don't love me, then sometimes I'll compare myself to you. And I wish that I was you. But I know I can never be you. I can never be you. I can never be my wife, even though maybe sometimes you wish I would think a little bit more like her. <laughs> but how many know we help each other out? Our diversity doesn't separate us. It actually unites us. And so 1 John 3, 1 says, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love. So here again, he's saying, look at this love, this amazing love. But then he says this, that he's lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. So this love that's been lavished on you now gives you identity. And when you know who you are in God, you're able to walk out this identity in Christ like never before. Uh, When you don't know who you are in Christ, you will walk in fear. You'll walk in condemnation. You'll walk in guilt. You'll walk as though you never measure up. But how many know that I love all of you and all of you know I love you. But how many know this boy right here, he don't care who none of y'all are. He will bust through a line to get to me because he belongs to me. How many know you have favor in your, how many know you're God's favorite? Come on, just tell somebody I'm God's favorite. And that means in any situation, you can bust into the begin front of the line and say, God, here I am. I need you. God, pick me up. Wrap me in your arms. 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 He has called us to make his own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they don't reckon, they didn't recognize him. Genesis 126 says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. So what does God look like? He looks like you because you were made in his image. You look like God. You were created to be like him in the earth. You were created to rule. You were created to have purpose. You were created to be a leader. Everyone here is a leader. Somebody say, I'm a leader. You might not be a leader here at Relentless. You might not be leading it, but everyone is leading something. Even if it's just a hamster, you're leading somebody. (laughs) Somebody is following you. He said the wild animals, right? Does anybody here have a hamster? Bless you if you do. And we, we're out of that phase, right? Nobody ever has hamsters anymore. You have a hamster? You got a hamster? Lord, gee, bless you. <laughs> Pastor, prophet, uh, barber, you cut them? You give them a cut? That'd be dope. <laughs> if anybody, <laughs> Pastor Timothy is a barber. That's why I'm joking with him. <laughs> be giving a... And then you could just send him to Dr. You know, why? And he could work on his back, and then we'd be, 
We just sit him down the line, you know, give, give him a little suit and tie, give him to Kevin, and he'll give him a job. And <laughs> somebody take this mic away from me. <laughs> okay, so you guys get it. We encounter. In that encounter, and that's why I want to challenge you in your homework this week is encounter God through his word. Read his word. Pray. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Reveal his love for you. Reveal to you who you are. And then the second part is, the second pillar is love people. So we pursue God. We're after God. We're after his heart. We're after his promises. After his will. We want to know his love. We want to know who we are. But then the second pillar is to love people. Because without the pillar in the church, the church is going to look like this. Look at this. This is what our church will look like if we're just pursuing God but not loving people. we are not be able to stand. And I want to say it like this. The level of encounter with God we have will be measured by how well we love others. Hello? I've met so many people. Oh, I've seen angels and, oh, the Lord touched me in my room. Oh, I had dreams. And they're the most angry and depressed people I've ever met in my life. They critical, cynical, and every other cynical. I love them, though. The Lord is praying. Pray for me. But the level of encounter with God that we have will be measured by how well we love others. How well do you love others? I'm not even talking about in front of them. How well do you love them behind their back? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Somebody don't do what you like, so you got a little whole committee to talk about how they didn't do what you liked them to do. Saba's laughing. That must have happened to her once or twice. John 13 says this, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, and if you have love for one another. Look at somebody and say, I need to love you. And by faith, I'm going to love you. How many know by faith we got to love sometimes? Come on, doctor, help me out. That was the word today, by faith, right? I don't see it, but I'm going to love you. <laughs> Has anybody been there before? Somebody say love. How so many things I want to tell you. Oh, I don't know where this is. All this world is coming up out of me, Jesus. And- Cut it off. Cut it off of me. Up and out. All the way up. All the way up. Oh, oh, hold on. Get, I need a, Ashley, Ashley, where you at? <laughs> I'm almost done, you I'm just joking. She said, not my mom. Listen to this. When I say to love people, what I'm saying is we need to make a connection. We need to make a connection. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong, love does not delight in the evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres, love never fails. These are all things to keep you connected. Because how many know when someone look at you side-eyed, you don't want to be kind? But you want to stay connected, right? So God has given us ways that we can stay connected to people. Somebody gets something that you were desiring. Love does not envy. I want to stay connected to you. I'm not going to be, I'm going to celebrate you. Somebody does you wrong and you see them a week later. 
Love keeps no record of wrongs because I want to keep my connection. Look at somebody say, we're connected. And we're going to stay connected. So we have many times in our life, many times, and just in our, in, our own, uh, uh, in our own church, we have a lot of ways that we can get disconnected or we can get connected. But we can further the circle, further the bubble to say, and there's so many ways and opportunities where we can disconnect from the very ones that God is calling us to connect to. Because how many know first we got to connect them, we connect with their hearts, and then in time we'll be able to connect them to God. And many times we're trying to connect people to God, but we have no connection with their heart. We don't know what they need. We don't know what they've been through. And we just, we just guessing. How many know people don't want you guessing in their life? People want real relationship. This is what the world is looking for now. They want real touch. We're, it actually, we're so saturated through social media and everything that people actually are craving. They're dry and they need real touch. They need real people in their face consistently. Well, maybe not consistently. You know what I'm saying? I need a couple, couple hours by myself. So look at this. So Luke 10, again, 5, 8, and 9 says, Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what is set before you. This is all about connection. And then heal those who are in it and, and who are sick. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So we are a blessing to others when we speak in peace on them. It, it, it's nothing to do with what I can get from them. How many know that? Connection has nothing to do with, because we talk about, yo, you got the connections, you got the connection, because if you connected this person, then maybe I can get something it's not about what you can get from them it's what you have to give to them and sometimes people just need your ear it's not listening to to correct it's not listening to condemn it's not listening to push people down it's not listening how many know many times when I have a conversation with my wife she's not looking for me to fix her she's looking for me to listen to her and to listen to her heart and listen to her feelings and listen to how she's processing things. If I jump right in the middle of her process and I try to fix it, that's not what she's looking for. But if I would give her my ear, eventually she would give me her heart. And if she trusts me with her heart, then I can give her my heart and then, you know, that's how babies come. But anyway, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, by the way, we're going on the cruise. Praise the Lord. For our 10th anniversary, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> Why are you blushing, baby? You all right? Baby, these people know babies come, you know? It's okay. I'm in church. Kids, close your ears. What we say from L.A. to Hawaii, y'all know? Some of y'all remember that sermon, from L.A. to Hawaii? There's something that happens inside. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I'm going to end. I'm going to end. So basically today, I don't have a lot to say. I'm just buying my time with lots of jokes and fun. But today God is saying that the two pillars of our church is really to encounter God and to love people. And God wants us even more aggressively, somebody say aggressively, to go after him. Don't take these services for granted. Don't take our encounter nights for granted. Don't take your small group for granted. Go after God. Encounter him. Pursue him. Say, God, I have to have more of you. You know, uh, I'm so mad and so happy for Ashley because she has so many people in her small group as versus me and Dower, right? Dower, where you at? 
Yeah, but we still, but we, we good. We had a good time. This, this, but people are hungry for deliverance. People are hungry in Connie and Kevin's group to, and, and Virginia and them to, to know the goodness of God. Get plugged in and go after God together. Encounter God. Go after God and, and, and killing kryptonite. Right? Is that your group? Kill it. Kill that kryptonite or crush it or whatever you do. Kryptonite. Anyway, sorry. I just had like a lot of scenarios going in my head because I'm a superhero person. Um, but God is saying, pursue God and love people. And listen, you can have, you can, you can love people, but if you don't have, if you don't pursue God, you're not going to have the substance to transfer to them. And so we encounter God, we pursue God, we encounter his love. We realize how much he loves us, how much he cares for us. And then we just go pour it out on somebody. Just go dump it on somebody. Just say, I just got something to dump on you. I got a glory ball like the girl gave today. What's her name, Sydney? Sydney, and then just pour out that glory on somebody. Pour out his goodness and just smile at them. Your smile is anointed. Pursue God and love people. Love